0: Welcome to the Open Door Church Podcast. The following recording is from our midweek prayer and practice service. These services are meant to provide a biblical basis for different spiritual gifts and areas of discipleship, as well as allow attendees a place to practice those gifts. We hope you are strengthened, encouraged, and comforted by this message. Guys, we're going to jump back into our teaching on spiritual gifts. And so we're back in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm excited to kind of dig a little deeper into some of these things that Paul introduces here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, And one of which uh, is going to kind of lead us down a deeper track, (laughs) and we'll probably have a lot of questions that need answering, something that I've had uh, multiple people kind of approach me throughout the years to talk about and give teaching on, and that is in the realm of deliverance and uh, talking about demonic oppression, demonic possession, these things that we read about in Scripture, these encounters that we see Jesus have, um, what that looks like for the believer. There's all different kinds of things. uh, There's all different kinds of directions this conversation could go. And so we're not really prepared to jump into that tonight, or even in the next few weeks. But what I'm wanting to do from the scriptures is lay a groundwork so we can get to uh, so we can get to some of the um, maybe, for lack of a better word, more controversial things <laughs> to talk about. Um, but there is a command that Jesus gives to his disciples which I believe is still a command that uh, stands for us as followers of Jesus. I believe that this is the desire for, uh, desire for Jesus for all of his followers. And uh, we see it in Matthew chapter 10. In Matthew chapter 10, in verses 7 through 9, he, he, this is initially given to the 12, but I believe this still stands for all who follow Jesus today. He says, as you go, preach... Saying that the kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leopards, L- not the leopards, <laughs> the lepers. <laughs> raise the dead and cast out demons. Now I just have this picture of the disciples giving like a leopard, like a bubble bath. <laughs> Terrible m- mental picture to have in going into something super serious right now. Um, raise the dead, cast out demons freely. You have received, freely give. I think this command still stands for the church today. I think he desires for us to preach the kingdom of God being at hand. I I believe that there is still the command to heal the sick. I believe that there's a command to cleanse lepers, to raise the dead, to cast out demons. I I, I don't think that miraculous signs died out with the apostles. I think this is something that we can expect to see in the church, that we should expect to see in the church. But there's this one, uh, there's this one kind of uh, uh, verse that I want to lean into, or part of that verse where it talks about casting out demons. Um, has anybody in here had experience with casting out demons? Seen it, experienced it, heard about it, saw it on a movie one time. Uh, <laughs> what? Cast out of me. Had them cast out of you? Um, you know, there's a lot, and I, and I fear that the majority of their church, I fear that the majority of the church gets their theology about the demonic from movies rather than scripture. And uh, I, I want to I kind of lay a framework and talk about some of this stuff. But before we get into any of that, I wanted to kind of give you like the long trajectory of where we're going. But where we're going to start is talking about discernment. How many of you guys have heard of the spirit of discernment? You guys have heard that before? Have you, have you ever had somebody tell you that they operate in a spirit of discernment? Anything like that? Like a gift of discernment, something like that. Um, <laughs> well, I've often people kind of uh, kind of say that they have the gift of discernment, and they kind of use it to justify. Or mask a critical attitude when it comes to judging people? (laughs) Has anybody ever encountered that spirit of discernment? Um, (laughs) Well, uh, I want to tell you that there is actually not a gift of discernment. Hmm? We need discernment, but there isn't something called a gift of discernment in Scripture. (laughs) Discernment is something that does come through the Holy Spirit. It comes through wisdom. Discernment is something that all believers are called to have. But when people say that they have a gift of discernment, that's actually not scripturally accurate. That doesn't come from the Bible. What we do have in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is something that Darwin mentioned, talking about the discerning of spirits. The spiritual gift of discernment is Uh, that we have listed as a spiritual gift, uh, actually uh, revolves around the discerning of spirits. And I wanted to talk about the discerning of spirits because this is where I felt like the Lord impressed upon my heart, was that we'll never fulfill the command of Jesus to drive out demons if we don't recognize them first as demonic. I think that there are lots of things that we counsel that we should cast out. I say that because I don't want to, to stand on a platform and say that everything is a demon or everything is a spirit or everything has uh, some kind of a spiritual cause. But I do believe that there are things that we try to treat naturally that have spiritual roots and causes. And in the same way, I think the inverse can be true where everything is a spiritual problem for some people when really it's just a natural thing. And this is why we have to have discernment in this area, because uh, if we're not operating in the discerning of spirits, what we can do is we can spiritualize things that don't need to be spiritualized, and we can try to do things in the physical or in the natural that really need to be warred for in the spiritual. And so I want to talk a little bit about this idea of spiritual warfare um, and and make sure that we have a scriptural basis for understanding that uh, we live and we operate right now in a physical world, but it is directly connected and influenced by a spiritual one. There is a real spiritual realm that is just as real as this table I'm preaching from, just as real as this floor that we're standing on, just as real as your bodies are, There is a real spiritual world that directly influences and is connected to what happens in this physical one that we experience as well. And that can sound crazy, that can sound uh, really intense, but Scripture supports this. Ephesians chapter 6 would tell us that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. If we were to read in 2 Corinthians 10, Paul would say again, for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. And so I don't have, uh, I, I'm intentionally trying to keep these uh, these times together shorter. And so I don't want anybody to expect uh, us to do an exhaustive teaching tonight on the discerning of spirits. In fact, I, I think I have probably multiple weeks where we could talk about this. But to give you an overview, um, I believe that there are four categories. At least this is what I came, came up with when I was... Uh, you know, studying and preparing for tonight, and in which uh, discerning of spirits kind of, uh, kind of uh, that's not how the English language works. Uh, so let's backtrack there. Um, <laughs> there are four different categories that a spirit might be categorized as when it comes to this idea of discerning spirits. Um, that I believe is important for us to operate in some of the other spiritual gifts. It's important for us when we operate in healing. It's important when we operate in driving out demons. (laughs) Um, It's important when we test prophecy uh, that we operate, or at least are in fellowship with someone that is operating in this gift that comes from the Holy Spirit in discerning of spirits. But I kind of came up with four different categories that spirits can be classified as. The first and primarily most important one is the Holy Spirit. It's important for us to recognize when something is from God, and it comes from His Holy Spirit. But we also have scriptural examples of angelic beings or angelic spirits. Um, and then we, I, I want to say that angelic spirits can be good or bad, um, because we also see in 2 Corinthians where Paul talks about uh, Satan even masquerading as an angel of light. And so uh, I say that just because it's an angelic spirit doesn't mean it, it, it carries the same weight um, as the Holy Spirit. Uh, we uh, obviously can think about demonic spirits or unclean spirits or evil spirits as uh, scripture would classify them as. And the last one that I think is often overlooked um, but I want to talk about, and we're not going to dive deep into this tonight, but is the spirit of man. There is, there is a fleshly spirit, I think, that we could also classify. And so when we're testing something, whether it be a word, from the, a word from the Lord or something that somebody claims is a word from the Lord, we can test that on whether or not it's coming from the Holy Spirit, or if it's coming, uh, if it's demonically influenced, or if it's just man-made. Um, these different things that we can kind of look at here. And I think it's important to operate in discernment, but also operate in the spiritual gift of discerning of spirits. Uh, While I was kind of preparing this and I was talking to Kelly about it, uh, she said I needed to add a fifth category here and just call it the spirit of stupid. Um, And how many of you guys know that we need to drive the spirit of stupid out of some people? (laughs) It may not be a spirit of lust, it might not be a spirit of anger, it might not be a spirit of a Jezebel spirit, it could just be a spirit of stupid you got on you that you need to be delivered from. I like this though in 1 John 4, this is 1 John 4, 1, the instruction here comes from John saying, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Uh, Scripture again and again and again and again warns of us being deceived, Uh, right? Jesus even talks about uh, that there will be an age of deception, right? And that uh, if it were possible, even his elect might be deceived. Um, And so we should not be surprised there is deception running rampant and that there are things that are being perpetrated and kind of propagated as being from the Lord that are not. And it's important for us to be operating in this gift, in the testing of spirits, because Scripture tells us to test things. We have the the command to test prophecy, right? Um, In, I think it's 2 Thessalonians, I might be drawing a blank right now, where it says do not despise prophecy, but test all things. This is something that's important for us, to be growing in, to receive from the Lord, to test things on whether or not they are from God. But I kind of want to leave us with some scriptural examples of this gift in effect so that we can aspire um, to operate in it um, in the way that Scripture kind of shows us. And the first example that I could think of happened in Acts 16. um, Acts 16.16 It's a story you, you might be familiar with, but it's with Paul and Silas. Uh, right before they get thrown into prison. But the the reason that they get thrown into prison, um, I'm just going to read the story here in Acts 16, 16. It says, Now it happened, as we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us. Now, uh, the idea behind a spirit of divination is that of like a a fortune telling, of telling the future. Oh, it it says it here. Who says, Who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling, This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged him into the marketplace to the authorities. And so what we see here is Paul casting out a demon Uh, From this girl casting out this demonic spirit, which is what we eventually want to get to with this teaching, uh, but we don't see that happening until he first discerns that it's an evil spirit. And this is where the operation of the gift of the discerning of an evil spirit, because this girl was saying the right thing, right? This girl was saying the truth, but it was coming by the way of a demonic fortune-telling spirit of divination that Paul operates in this spirit of discernment. And we see this girl get free and we see him follow through on the instruction of Jesus to cast out demons because he recognized that it was a demon. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So so pretty simple there. Um, and then the, the other example that I wanted to direct us to is actually in Luke chapter 13, verse 10 and this is, this is interesting um, because the majority of time that I have seen uh, people that are demon-possessed, there's often a physical ailment or there's some kind of infirmity that is associated with it. This is, now this is just, I'm not saying that's 100% of the time and hear me out when I say not every uh, ailment and not every sickness is because of a spirit, Okay. Um, but they're often interlinked. And what we see here is this spirit of infirmity that Jesus recognizes in Luke 13. So it says here in Luke 13 10, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. Some of your scriptures might say an evil spirit uh, for 18 years and was bent over and, and could no way raise herself up. This is a woman that is in the synagogue, right? (laughs) She's here on the Sabbath. She's essentially in church, if you will. And she is afflicted by this spirit of infirmity for 18 years and was bent over and could no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And then there's, everybody gets mad at Jesus for healing on the Sabbath and all that fun stuff. But <laughs> completely miss the point, right? <laughs> but what we see here is Jesus recognizing that there's a spirit of infirmity. And we see it cast out, and we see this woman receive her healing. Um, not every sickness, hear me, is a spirit. And this, is where, this is where I want to teach on this. This is where we want to ask the Lord for this gift, to seek the Lord for this gift, asking that he would impart it to us, is because there's oftentimes people use the language or encounter uh, teaching where every sickness has some kind of spirit attached to it. And everything becomes spiritualized. Everything has some kind of influence when that's not always the case. And it can do great detriment and it can do great harm when we have this idea that everything is a spirit when some things are just practical. Some things are just physical. Sometimes there is just a cold that is going around. And I'm saying this because I don't want you to take this as me being some kind of, you know, Pastor Nate's just not a man of faith or something like that. Uh, or Pastor Nate just doesn't have uh, the insight into spiritual things. This is why we need the gift of discerning of spirits. Because we don't want to be calling things and attributing things to the devil that aren't him. <laughs> we don't want to give him credit where, <laughs> where he's not working. Does that make sense? We don't want to, uh, we, we just don't, we need to make sure that we're being led by the Holy Spirit. We need to be make sure that we need to make sure that we're being full of the Holy Spirit, and I believe, uh, I believe for us to continue um, down this road of of experiencing genuine deliverance for people, and seeing people delivered and saved and set free, that we need every gift that the Holy Spirit has given, uh, evident in the body of Christ. And we're going to talk more about this. I'm, I'm trying to be very just focused in what we're talking about tonight because some of the great dangers that I have seen are people that are legitimately struggling in in different facets of life and they continually are in these cycles where it's easier to blame things on a spirit rather than take ownership for their own shortcomings. And everything all of a sudden becomes a problem with a spirit of something When there's no ownership, if if there's just a spirit of alcoholism in my life, and I'm continually going down this, I mean, how many times does Jesus have to deliver you before there's ownership of something? And I'm saying this cautiously, friends, because this is not something that, like Darwin said, that we can just take a formula and throw on. But what I see in scripture, when Jesus delivers people, they're delivered. I see this, there is, a, there is sufficient power in the working of the Holy Spirit to set people free. And I understand that that's not always how it happens. I understand that there isn't always just instant freedom and instant deliverance. But we have to be guarded, especially just in the language that we use with people, because we don't want to give them a platform or a step stool to not take ownership for personal decisions. And so there there is so much nuance in all of this where I felt like Wednesday nights would be the perfect opportunity for us to walk through some of these questions, to walk through some of these situations, to begin to talk about this because I want to see this Wednesday night prayer meeting be one where people can come and we can pray for them and they get set free, Where uh, where we see people operating in this gift of the discerning of spirits, where they see why someone's bound or what is binding somebody and it gets cast out. These are things that I want to see as a present reality in the church of Christ, an open door church um, here in our community because it's something that's desperately needed. But it's not one that I want to enter into lightly. And so that's why we want to come through it from the scriptures and uh, be able to have a space where we can We can talk about these things, begin to ask questions about these things, and we're going to continue down this road of spiritual gifts, but specifically in regards to, um, right now we're gonna kind of enter into a topic of deliverance and talking about the demonic and talking about spiritual things and talking about people being set free um, because I believe that this is something that the Lord wants us to operate in. One of the primary things that Jesus did while he was on the earth, that marked his ministry was see people delivered from the demonic. Saw people healed and delivered over and over and over and over again. And I don't think it's coincidence that those things are so closely linked. And that's something that we want to see happen in our community, um, but I think it can also be a, a place where it's easy to deviate from the scriptures because, you know, sometimes God does something in a spectacular way, or maybe in a unique way that isn't intended to be formulaic, if that makes sense. But people take those things and they attribute them and we kind of build this mentality of that's how God has to do something. And we try to replicate it and we deviate away from scripture. And that's where we don't want to be as a church. I think that that's probably sufficient for tonight because we've, seven o'clock, but we're going to pray. Um, And I I hope that you would pray with me. Um, Paul would go on later to say that uh, we should eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that we may prophesy. Um, But we also see that God gives his gifts as he wills. Um, And so not everyone is going to operate in this particular gifting. I understand that, but I do believe As a healthy body of Christ, there should be those in our fellowship, in our congregation, in this room that do operate in this. And I understand God to be generous in giving gifts. And so, Father, that's what we ask for tonight. Thank you for listening to the Open Door Church podcast. If you want to find more teaching and resources, check us out at opendoorpagosa.com.